0: Welcome to Bill. Interrupted.
1: Are you out of your damn mind? You get to drink from the fire hole! Yeah! <laughs> this
0: is an embarrassment, a disgrace. What? What's the matter, kid? You got wax in your ears? I don't do it. You got Tammy and
1: Hello, and welcome to Phil Interrupted. This is the show where I get to do whatever I want while dealing with the constant antics of Smash. We can review movies, video games, and who knows what else. Episodes can be spooky to oddly informative to downright stupid. I am your host, Phil Allen, and I do welcome you to the show. Mm -hmm. On today's show, we will be learning about Timothy Treadwell and Amy Huguenard, who they were, the discovery, and the investigation revolving their deaths, and what led to their tragic end. Timothy Treadwell traveled to the Alaskan wilderness for 13 summers. The last five years, he took a camera and made video diaries of his daily adventures. He collected over 100 hours of footage containing bears, wildlife, and his own personal confessions. Treadwell battled poachers to save grizzly bears, even if the poachers were largely of his imagination. He wasn't a scientist and he had no formal training. He was a naturalist, an activist, a writer, and a photographer, not to mention a recovering addict. A Peter Pan of sorts, childish yet full of rage. A few weeks before his death, Timothy wrote to a friend, My photographs and stories are looking to the deep and secret world of bears that I do not believe any person has ever witnessed. One day, I'll show this work to the public. Until then, I'll keep living it. Even those who had long predicted Treadwell's death granted him this. He was a believer who walked the walk. He was in love.
0: I kind of think he was over 10 feet high, don't you? He's a big bear. He's a big bear. A very big bear. Wow. Anyway, he's over here rub-a-dub-dubbing. He's a big bear.
1: For 13 years, Timothy Treadwell camped in several Alaskan parks, but Katmai National Park was his favorite. Katmai National Park has about 3,000 of the total 35,000 Alaskan grizzly bears. Most people in this region refer to them as brown bears, and most of whom weigh in excess of 1,000 pounds. The term brown bear is the more correct in scientific use for the species. Grizzly is just the common usage in the lower 48 states, having first been used during the Lewis and Clark expedition when they referred to a brown bear with a grizzled appearance. All grizzly bears are actually brown bears, having originated from eastern Siberia. The black bear is the only native bear in North America which is the one you may be more accustomed to. Since a young age, Treadwell loved bears. And in fact, he still carried a small teddy bear with him on his expeditions. Treadwell was so in love with these bears, he was fascinated by their poop. Take a listen.
0: There's your poop. It just came out of her pot. I can feel it. Feel the poop. It's warm. It just came. It just came from her butt. This was just inside of her, my girl. I'm touching it. It's her poop. It's Wendy's poop. I know it may seem weird that I touched her poop, but it was inside of her. It, it it's what. It, it's her life. It's her, and she's so precious to me. She gave me Downy. Downy's. I adore Downy. Everything about them
2: is perfect.
1: Timothy Treadwell was born in New York in 1957 as Timothy Dexter, the third of five children. His parents believed that he had a normal upbringing and was a decent student. According to Tim, as a teenager, his home life disintegrated. After graduating high school, Timothy left for Southern California on a diving scholarship at Long Beach. Soon after he arrived, he began working in restaurants while attending college. But it wasn't long before the party life took over his life and he lost his scholarship. Timothy then began auditioning for parts in various sitcoms, changing his last name to Treadwell from his mother's side of the family. He told the story to his parents and friends that he finished second in casting for the role of Woody on Cheers, losing to Woody Harrelson. Whether this is true or not remains a mystery. But this alleged close brush with fame sent Timothy on a downward spiral.
0: You're the best little fox. But how did I, how did I come into this work, Iris? Did you ever, did you ever get the story? I was, I was troubled. I was troubled. I drank a lot. Did you know that, Iris? You wouldn't even know what that is. But um, I, I, I used to drink to the point of um, that. I guess I was either gonna die from it or, or break free of it. But nothing. Nothing, Iris, could get me from, from, to stop drinking. Nothing. I went to programs. I tried quitting myself. I did everything that I could to try not to drink, and then I did everything I could to drink. And, um, and it was killing me until I s- discovered this land of bears and realized that they were in such, such great danger that they, they needed a caretaker. They needed someone to look after them, but not a drunk person, not a person messed up. So I promised the bears that if I would look over them, would they please help me um, be a better person? And um, they become so inspirational, and, um, and living with the foxes too, that I did. I gave up the drinking. I, it was a miracle. It's an absolute miracle. And the miracle was animals. The miracle was animals.
1: According to his book, Among Grizzlies, During this period, he continued to indulge in alcohol and drugs, and finally overdosed on heroin and cocaine in the late 1980s. He was arrested twice for the assault and for illegally firing a gun. His life had descended into a shady world, and he couldn't escape it. I need to be somewhere really remote, far away from people, Treadwell told a friend. This might seem crazy, but when I was young, I used to pretend I was a grizzly. It is probable that nobody knows or will ever learn the entire truth about Treadwell's background, because he reinvented himself so many times, perhaps searching for himself. He occasionally adopted an English accent, explaining that he had been brought up in an English orphanage. At other times, he spoke like an Australian, saying he had lived down under. After his death, a family spokesman said that he had no Australian connections and had never been there. Eventually, Treadwell decided to travel to Alaska. Treadwell saw the Alaskan wilderness as his salvation. His early attempts at camping were almost comical. In his journal, he wrote that he was often cold, hungry, and tormented by insects, and that the first time he saw a grizzly bear, it ran away. Treadwell later said that he was sad that any bear would find him a threat. During the winter months, he left the wild and returned to civilization in California, working to pay for his return trips to Alaska.
0: If there, I have no idea if there's a God, but if there's a God, God would be very, very pleased with me. If you could just watch me here, how much I love them, how much I adore them, how respectful I am to them, how I am one of them, and how the studies they give me, the photographs, the video, and take that around for no charge to people around the world. It's good work. I feel good about it. I feel good about myself doing it. And I want to continue, and I hope I can. I really hope I can. But if not, be warned. I will die for these animals. I will die for these animals. I will die for these animals. Thank you so much for letting me do this. Thank you so much for, for, for these animals, for, for giving me a life. I had no life. Now I have a life.
1: Timothy would spend months alone in the wilderness, often talking to his video camera as if it was another person. Referring to himself in the third person, he would have full conversations with himself, which really doesn't seem that strange, considering the lengthy time and loneliness that may have occurred. In this audio clip, he describes how he's going to film himself.
0: There's going to be a number of takes I'm going to do. These are called Wild Timmy Jungle Scenes. We're going to do several takes of each, where I'll do it with a bandana on, maybe a bandana off, maybe two different colored bandanas, some without a bandana, some with the camera being held. I stumbled on that one, let's do it again. So the basic deal is, too, that this stuff could be cut into a show later on, but who knows what look I had, whether I had the black bandana or no bandana. Uh, Very rarely the camo one, but I like the camo look. Both cameras rolling, both cameras rolling, both cameras rolling! Sexy green bandana. Uh, Last take of the evening. I'm on my way to the front creek. I need to get watering. And it's a super-duper low tide. Full moon tonight. One more really short, excellent take. Let's just really sum it up. Here we go. This is going to be the motherfucker.
1: As much as Timothy Treadwell said he was protecting the bears, he really didn't do a lot. They were already in a protected park, and poachers were virtually non-existent. Certainly not something that was a real issue by any means. Although Treadwell loved the bears... There's no doubt of that. He needed the bears more than they needed him. He would often attempt to touch the bears, talk to them, and sing to them. This is a bad practice for the bears to get used to. They are wild and should remain that way to prevent any unnecessary tragedies between bear and humans. Treadwell crossed that line repeatedly. While extremely brave and foolhardy, but to what point? I think he used the Bears to escape his lack of confidence in the real world. Instead of becoming a shut-in, he chose to be a recluse with the Bears half the year. Despite this somewhat negative view of his actions, I give him great credit for conquering his addictions and for self-promoting himself in an era before YouTube and social media. Remember, Treadwell wanted to be an actor. He couldn't achieve that dream the conventional way, so he created a situation and lifestyle that would make himself the center focus in his videos. He created his own fame. With a previous girlfriend, Joel Pelovac, he wrote the 1997 book Among Grizzlies, Living with Wild Bears in Alaska. Together, they began Grizzly People, a nonprofit group devoted to educating people, especially children, and as a way to fund his travels to Alaska. Treadwell is an egocentric and an attention seeker, constantly inserting himself into his nature videos, but someone not without charm and passion. His trips to the North increased his reputation, and after some time he became something of a celebrity. He was on many talk shows. His resulting fame earned him guest appearances on David Letterman's Late Show, Dateline NBC, and the Discovery Channel's Discovery Sunday.
0: Now, when you're with these grizzly bears, you're surrounded by them. They're very close to you. Is that how you live with them? Yes. I always give them respect and lots of room because, you know, uh, a grizzly's the boss out there. You, but you interact with them? Um, it's important that every bear knows who I am and that I fit on their hierarchy if I'm to survive.
1: Is it going to happen that, that one day we read a, a news article about you being eaten by one of these bears? <laughs> um, no. You know, and, and it... Leonardo DiCaprio reportedly contributed nearly $25,000 to grizzly people which attracted several more famous fans, including Pierce Brosnan, Giselle, and screenwriter Robert Town. Other corporate sponsors chipped in as well. Behind me is a beautiful, wild, brown grizzly bear here in Alaska, Treadwell said in a 2001 anti-poaching video. Thanks to a grant from Leonardo DiCaprio and Leonardo DiCaprio's foundation to grizzly people, I'm able to protect these animals. People might be coming for these animals, trying to hurt them. Here is a clip of Treadwell explaining his strategy for surviving in the harsh environment and staying alive with the bears.
0: If I retreat, I may be hurt, I may be killed. I must hold my own if I'm going to stay within this land. For once there is weakness, they will explode it, they will take me out, they will decapitate me, they will chop me into bits and pieces. I'm dead. But so far, I persevere persevere most times i'm a kind warrior out here most times i'm i am gentle i am like a flower i am like i'm like a fly on the wall observing non-committal non-invasive in any way occasionally i am challenged and in that case the kind warrior must 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 become a samurai must become so so formidable so fearless of death, so strong that you will win, you will win. Even the bears will believe that you are more powerful. And in a sense, you must be more powerful if you are to survive in this land with the bear. No one knew that. No one ever friggin' knew that there are times when my life is on the precipice of death and that these bears can bite. They can kill. And if I am weak, I go down. I love them with all my heart. I will protect them. I will die for them. But I will not die at their claws and paws. I will fight. I will be strong. I'll be one of them. I will be the master. Still a kind warrior. I'll be Rowdy. Give it to me, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I I can smell death all over my fingers.
1: As stated before, for 13 summers, Timothy Treadwell went into the Alaskan wilderness. Almost from the start, National Park Service officials worried about Treadwell's behavior. A total of six park violations and complaints from 1994 to 2003, included guiding tourists without a license, improper food storage, wildlife harassment, use of a portable generator, and miscellaneous altercations with visitors and licensed guides.
0: Do another take here. I fucked up the last one. I almost just fell off the cliff. I'm a fucking asshole. Behind me is the Grizzly Sanctuary, and also behind me, hidden down below in those trees somewhere, is my camp. I must stay incognito. I must hide from the authorities. I must hide from people who would harm me. I must now even hide from people that seek me out because I've made some sort of, um, I don't want to say celebrity, but um, they come here to Alaska and they hear about Treadwell in the bush and they want to go find him. Well, they can't. I'm hidden down below. No one knows where I am. Even I don't even know where I am. That was pretty shitty. Let's do a really short take here.
1: Treadwell also frustrated park rangers because he refused to carry bear spray or bear fences to protect himself. The park service met with Treadwell in Anchorage several years prior to his death and told him that if there were any more violations from him, they would petition the U.S. magistrate to ban him from the park. During his last season, Treadwell also hid and camouflaged his camp within the thick brush in an effort to hide from the park service due to a new rule imposed by the Park Service which required all backcountry campers to move their camp at least one mile every five days. Many believed that this rule was instituted because of Treadwell. The Park Service applauded the fact that Treadwell was winning fans for the Bears, and he was being more careful to warn people not to attempt what he did. But the park officials were afraid that one swipe of a paw would undo all the good work and result in a frenzy of stories about fearsome people-eating grizzlies.
0: It's hard to say, but it's a warning of a sort, and it's obviously here to upset me. Hi Timothy, see you in summer of 2001. Now it doesn't say, hi Timothy, we're gonna fucking kill you. It doesn't say, hi Timothy, uh, you're fucking dead, we're gonna chop your legs off, hey Timothy, get the fuck out. It just says, see you in summer 2001, but it is some sort of a warning. It is some sort of a ha-ha. Um, I don't think it's friendly. Well, it's gotten a little worse here with uh, there's the warning height, Timothy, see you summer 2001. Now I find this big stack of rocks that were, you know, put some labor here. We're not calling this uh, the building of the pyramids, but we are saying there's, there's a bit of trouble. Now, I'm going to walk back, I'm going to bring you back here through my camp. Let's come through here, pathway. Here's where where the the sign was here, which is where my tent is. And then we go over where my bear-proof barrels would be, and we find boulders piled up. Boulders piled up and a happy face indelibly painted into the rock like, looking at me. Very, very freaking frightening, huh? <laughs> Whoever put it there knew what they were doing. That it was, it's a warning. And it's, and the thing is, it's a better than a warning, than, um, it's better than like, you're fucking dead type of thing. It's creepy, baby, it's creepy. It's Freddy Krueger creepy.
1: He grew increasingly paranoid over the years, fully believing that park rangers and authorities were undermining him. In reality, they wanted him to be safe and follow the rules. As his popularity grew, he did become somewhat of a liability because other tourists would look for him in this dangerous and wild place. In this clip, which is heavily edited, Treadwell goes postal on those he distrusts. Much of this curse-filled tirade is personal attacks on individuals in the park service, These have been respectfully cut from the 2005 film, Grizzly Man, which I highly recommend you watch. It's a fantastic movie and provides much of Treadwell's audio for this podcast. Here's part of the soundbite of Treadwell freaking out.
0: Expedition 2001 coming to an end for grizzly people. For me, Timothy Treadwell. I came here and protected the animals as best I could. In fact, I'm the only protection for these animals out here. The government flying over a grand total of two times in two months. How dare they? How dare they challenge me? How dare they smear me in their campaigns? How dare they? When they do not look after these animals and I come here in peace and in love, neutral, in respect. I will continue to do this. I will fight them. I will be an American dissident if I need be. There's a patriotic time going on right now, but as far as this fucking government's concerned, fuck you, motherfucking Park Service. Hey ah, Timothy, I'm getting a bad feeling about you. Oh, I saw you on David let him in here. <laughs> Fairly entertaining. I'm
1: All right,
0: that's my uh, happy stuff a couple of nice takes now. Oh man, did I get angry? Fuck them, right? They do not watch these animals. They don't care about these animals. All they want to do is is screw people like me around. It's amazing. Let the fishermen fucking shoot the animals. Let the fucking poachers come in here and fuck them. Let the fucking commercial people fuck them around with their fucking uh, cameras and shit and the tourists. But we're going to go screw with Timothy Treadwell because he loves animals and teaches kids for free. Let's go. Let's do that. That's what we're going to do. Well, fuck them. Fuck them. I beat you. I beat you, motherfuckers. I beat you. Beat you. Fuck you. I beat you. I beat you. I'm the champion. I'm the fucking champion. I beat you. I beat your fucking asses. Fucking losers. Fucking nobodies. Fuck. Fucking fucks. Well, Expedition 2001 coming to an end. The bears safely moving into their winter dens. The foxes hiding in the woods. I came here. I studied them, protected them. And I promise you, I promise, the Grizzly people, I will be back. I will be back. And I thank the animals for keeping me safe and for inspiring me. I thank them so very much. Goodbye.
1: Close friend and previous girlfriend of Treadwell, Joel Palovac, states that Treadwell was working with the Park Service, providing them with information on boat traffic, weather, and other data he collected. In fact, there is no evidence that Treadwell worked closely with the Park Service. If Treadwell was working closely with the Park Service, why did he feel the need to hide his camps from them? Not to mention the temper tantrum he threw on camera cursing the Park Service personnel for harassing him. It was discovered that only one official document which Treadwell used to track and record public use from June 27, 1999 through July 10, 1999 and one other unofficial handwritten document regarding weather for June 1st through 13th in 2000. No other record-keeping or official documentation by Treadwell was turned over to the park service. While Treadwell had some unbelievable moments with nature, he didn't seem to be on the same page as nature often. What I mean is this. For example, there was a really cool shot in the Grizzly Man movie. The video shows Treadwell running, with foxes chasing after him. It's a surreal scene, really. Usually when I see a fox, it's as it darts away while I'm driving, or I see just a flash of it as it disappears into the forest. Here is Treadwell playing with wild foxes out in the middle of nowhere, with majestic mountains as his backdrop. There's something innocent and pure about it. But you'll hear in this next audio clip, Treadwell likes to think of these animals as his friends. Something out of a fantasy novel. Those foxes ran with him because they had nothing else to do or hoped that they would get food from him. I do not think the foxes looked to Treadwell for friendship. At least not the kind of friendship Treadwell believed they had. Again, to him it was something of a fantasy book come to life. He gave all the bears and foxes names and anthropomorphized them. In this clip, a young fox takes his hat and Treadwell scolds it as if it were a misbehaving child, albeit with curse words.
0: What are you doing to that hat? Where's that hat going? Hey, who's stealing that hat? Let me see that hat. Ghost, I want that hat! Man, Ghost is bad. Ghost, what are you doing with that hat? Ghost, that hat is a very important hat. Drop it. Hags! Oh, God damn it! I can't believe this! Ghost! Ghost, where's that fucking hat? That hat is so friggin' valuable for this trip. Ghost, you come back here with that friggin' hat. If it's in the den, I'm gonna fucking explode. Ghost, where's that hat? But it's not okay for you to steal it. Oh man. Oh man. It's a friggin' den.
1: Timothy Treadwell had a true love of the bears. This can't be denied but his gentle behavior often conflicted with his inner demons and rage. And it's odd that someone who spent so much of his time outdoors, he has a hard time grasping the ruthlessness of the wild and the cruel nature of life. Throughout his footage, there are videos of him mourning the death of baby bears while stroking their lifeless paws, a shot of him with a dead fox unable to understand and accept its death, cursing the flies and bugs that claimed its body. Here's a clip of him getting mad at something as simple as a lack of rain.
0: In the last two hours, we're up a little over 0.20 inches of rain. That is not enough. We're going to need more rain. We need more rain! Downey is hungry! Tabitha is hungry! Melissa is eating her babies! I'm like a fucking nut. We've got to have some rain. Now, I'm not a religious guy, no. But I'm telling you, I just, I'm just pissed because it just doesn't seem right. It just doesn't seem right. I, I know it's just weather and crap like that, and it's uh, I don't know what, what the variables are. But we've got to have some goddamn rain. So if there's a God, don't eat these teeth! Dump on us! Hurt us! Come on! Think rain. Think rain. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crappy little shower right now. What kind of crappy? Li- Come on! Damn this again. Doesn't that make me very, very happy? I want rain. I want if there's a God to kick some ass down here. Let's have some water, Jesus boy. Let's have some water. Christ man, or, or Allah, or a or Hindu floaty thing. Let's have some fucking water for these animals! It is now September 21st, Thursday of the year 2000, Expedition 2000. I am the Lord's humble servant. I am Allah's disciple. I am the floaty thing's uh, go for boy. There has been a miracle here. There's been an absolute miracle. It has rained, 1.65 inches of rain today. We have over two inches now in the storm and it is not stopping. It may hit three inches of rain. It went from a trickle to a flood and it's amazing. And we have a really, really great chance of, of, a, of a run of fish for the animals. And what is even more miraculous, according to my radio, it is not raining much around anywhere else but around here. Oops. Well, it's now after uh, two o'clock on October 4th and the tent has caved in due to the storm. I'm still here with my little teddy bear, Tad of the Bear. And um, I think the storm has actually gotten a little weaker, but in the course of it getting stronger, it crushed the wall in and bent some of the poles. And you really can't do much about it because um, once they get like that, they just stay kind of bent in and you're screwed and and all that. This is my life. This is what I do. And I I love it. I love it. Even this. I love it. (laughs) My tent crushed in. I love it. It's pathetic, but I love it.
1: Here's another example of Treadwell talking to a bear just after it was in a fight with another male bear over a female. This bear makes no notice of him, but good old Treadwell is there to share his advice with his buddy, like they're wicked good best friends. He stands near the bear and shares this advice.
0: Well, here I am at the scene of the fight. It looks as if tractors tore the land up, raked it, rototilled it, tilded, tossed it about. There is fur everywhere and in the camera foreground, excreted waste in the middle of the fight. So violent, so upsetting that Sergeant Brown um, went to the bathroom, did a number two during his fight. Um, extremely emotional, extremely powerful. And yet, both bears back in pursuit of Saturn, including Mickey, who appears to have gotten the worse for the wear in the fight between Sergeant Brown and Mickey for the right to court Saturn, the Queen of the Grizzly Sanctuary. Amazing! Oh, Mickey, I love you. And Mickey's now the closest bear to Saturn, back in like a horse in a race that does not give up. We love that bear, Mickey. We love him. We love him. But Mickey, up and down that street, up and down that street. Uh, you don't always get the chick you want. Let me tell you, it doesn't always effing work out. Hey, he's after my own heart. He, he, don't, he don't give up, even when it looks shitty. All right, love you, Mickey. Love you, Mickey. Well, I just want to discuss that fight with with Mickey Bear right here. He's right next to me here in the Grizzly Sanctuary on the Tide Flat. Saturn off to camera left. Mick. You underestimated Sergeant Brown. You went in for the hit. He seemed to be rope-a-doping you like he wasn't that tough. And then once you, you banged into him, man, he turned out to be one heck of a rough bear. A very rough bear. And I'm telling you, I was so scared, I almost got sick to my stomach watching you fight. And then when he knocked you down and you, had him, and you were down on your back, it was terrible. It was terrible. I, I, I'm not duking it out for any girl like that. I'm telling you right now, I'm not duking it out for any girl. But I, you know, I... Well, I've had my troubles with the girls, yeah, yeah, and I'll tell you something. If Saturn was a female human, I could just see how beautiful she is as a bear. Whoo! I've always called her the Michelle Pfeiffer of bears out here. All right, you lay there. I'm gonna go off with your girlfriend. Don't beat me up over it. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm respectful. Things are bad for me with the human women, but not so bad that I have to be hitting on bears yet.
1: For the last three summers. Amy Huguenard joined Treadwell during parts of his yearly expeditions in Alaska. Amy was a physician's assistant in Aurora, Colorado. Amy first fell in love with Treadwell's book, and eventually with its author. On September 29, 2003, Treadwell and Amy were once again transported to Koflia Lake by Willie Fulton, a local pilot and friend. The couple wanted one more chance to be with the bears before winter set in. Treadwell and Amy decided to stay a week later than they had ever stayed in the past, in search of a favorite bear, yet unseen. Bears in Katmai National Park typically begin to den sometime in October or November, and in September they attempt to gain as much weight as possible prior to hibernation. The salmon run was at its end, and the river was running low that flowed through the grizzly maze an area Treadwell named because of its many bear trails and dangerous close encounters. There is a possibility, as well as some speculation, that wilder, unknown bears from the interior had possibly moved in, forcing out the bears Treadwell was used to seeing and interacting with each year. On October 6, 2003, air taxi pilot Willie Fulton arrived at Kaflea Lake to transport Treadwell and Amy out of the area for the year. Willie states, It was rainy and foggy out that morning. After landing, Willie believes that he sees Treadwell shaking out a tarp and yells for the couple, but receives no response. He decides to hike up the path from the beach through the thick brush towards the camp, after he notices a little bit of movement. When he is about three-fourths of the way up the hill, he senses that something just didn't feel right. Something seemed strange. He was hollering and all with no answer. Willie then states that he turned around and headed back down the path through the thick alders, and just as he gets to his plane, he turns and spots a pretty nasty looking bear. The bear was sneaking slowly down the trail with its head down. Just the meanest looking thing, he said. Willie then took off and flew over the campsite fifteen to twenty times in an attempt to chase the bear away, and he sees what appears to be the same bear. Feeding on a human rib cage. But each time he flew over the camp, the bear began to feed even faster. Willie decided it was time to get the local authorities involved. After waiting some time for backup, a group of troopers and park rangers continued to the camp. While on the trail, one of them yells, Bear! A ranger states that he turned and saw an adult bear moving toward the group about 20 feet away. All four begin yelling in hopes that the bear would see them and move away. A ranger then states that he perceived the bear was well aware of their presence and was stalking them. Armed with a handgun, he begins to fire at about the same time the other rangers, who were each armed with shotguns, also began to shoot at the bear. It reportedly took nearly 20 shots to bring down the large bear. Willie Fulton then reportedly said, "'I want to look that bear in the eyes.' and stated that he is sure that this was the bear that had chased him back to his plane earlier. After reviewing the videotapes made by Treadwell ten days before he was killed, it is now believed that Bear 141 was likely the bear that Treadwell had named Ollie, the big old grumpy bear. Two tents were discovered, one for gear and the main tent used for sleeping. Both were collapsed and torn. However, there is no evidence that the bear had pulled the victims from the main tent. In front of the main tent was a large mound of mud, grass, sticks, about 5 feet long, 4 feet wide, and 3 feet high. After moving a clump of dirt, they saw fingers and an arm protruding from the pile. Food was found in the camp secured in four metal bear-proof canisters, as well as an open snack food found untouched inside the sleeping tent. Both Treadwell and Amy's shoes were also found neatly in place at the entrance to the main tent. Investigators combing the nearby area around the campsite discovered what was left of Timothy Treadwell. His head was connected to a small piece of spine and what has been described as a frozen grimace stuck on his face, his right arm and hand laying nearby with his wristwatch still attached. Meanwhile, Searchers excavated the bear's dirt mound back in camp, discovering Amy, whose arm and fingers had been exposed when investigators first entered the camp. It appeared as though she were peacefully asleep, except that her body, like Treadwell's, had been mostly eaten by the bear. Later, as the helicopter was being loaded, a second smaller bear, approximately three years old, seemed to be stalking the rangers, and it was shot and killed as well. Video and photography camera equipment also found at the site were later analyzed by Alaska State Troopers, where it was discovered that the last remaining six minutes of videotape, which was found still in the camera bag, had captured only the audio portion of the attack. The first sounds from the tape are Amy. She sounds surprised and asks, Is it still out there? The next voice is from Treadwell as he screams, Get out here. I'm getting killed out here. The sound of a tent zipper is then heard and the tent flap opening. Amy is heard screaming, Play dead. Seconds pass before Amy yells again to play dead. Not surprisingly, with Amy yelling and screaming nearby, this seems to work and the bear breaks off the attack. A short conversation ensues as Amy and Treadwell try to determine if the bear is really gone. It is believed that Amy made her way to Treadwell, and from the sounds caught on tape... The bear returns and Amy is forced to back off. Treadwell is then clearly heard screaming that playing dead isn't working and begs her to hit the bear. However, Amy is clearly heard yelling fight back. She is then heard screaming stop, go away. Then the sound of a frying pan is heard as she used it to beat the top of the bear's head and the sounds of Treadwell moaning. It is believed that at this point in the attack... The bear let go of Treadwell's head, and bears are known to attack the head first, often decapitating their victims. Then, the bear grabbed him somewhere in the upper leg area. The sound of Amy screaming very loudly as Treadwell's clearly heard over the sounds of the storm saying, Amy, get away, get away, go away. Treadwell knew that he was going to die at this point, and wanted to save Amy from the same fate. The audio portion of this videotape lasts roughly six minutes. During this period, Treadwell's cries and pleadings can be heard for two-thirds of that time. He did not die quickly. Treadwell was obviously very aware and struggling desperately to survive during the last moments of his life. Unlike what is portrayed in movies, the bear is nearly silent. Only low growls and periodic grunts are heard, which only adds to the horror of the scene. Sounds of the bear dragging Treadwell off and the fading sounds of his screams indicate that Treadwell was pulled away and dragged into the brush away from camp. As the tape comes to an end, the sounds of Amy's high-pitched screams rise to a new level. It is presumed this is when her fatal attack occurred. Here is a clip of the medical examiner that performed the autopsy, and one of the very few people to ever hear the real audio tape. There are many fakes and shameful reproductions posted on YouTube. To the best of my knowledge, the real audio is not released in any form. Again, this is the medical examiner, and he repeats much of what I just stated, but it's interesting to hear his personal insight.
2: Inside this metal can was a plastic bag, one for Timothy and one for Amy. I mean, these are human beings, and the question I ask is, first of all, who are you, Timothy? Who are you, Amy? And what happened to you? In the case of Timothy and Amy, what I had were body parts. Just the visual input of seeing a detached human being before my eyes makes my heart race, makes the hair stand up on the back of my head, particularly in combination with the contents of a tape an audio tape, that is the sound portion of a videotape, and when I find out from other investigators that the shoes neatly placed at the entrance to a tent and the cap left on a camera so that the visual part could not be recorded, yet the tape is running so that we can hear the sounds of Amy screaming and the sounds of Timothy moaning tells me that this event occurred very, very quickly, suddenly and unexpectedly. I clearly can hear her screaming, stop and go away, maybe run away. There's a lot of background noise. Timothy is moaning and I hear Amy beating on the top of this bear's head with a frying pan and Timothy is saying, run away, let go. Run away, run away, Amy, run away. Amy had a great deal of conviction. She had a great deal of conviction in this relationship. We know that. Although in the past, she was more standoffish. She didn't get as close to the bear as Timothy did. She was more cautious. However, I know that at the moment of death, when one is is being tried to the maximum of one's ability to be faithful to stick to a situation, to be loyal, if one can say that, to Timothy. She stayed there and she fought with Timothy. She did not run away. Amy, we know, fought back for approximately six minutes. Amy stayed with her lover, with her partner, with her mate, and with the bear. Ultimately, she stayed with the bear In the situation.
1: Two days after investigators first arrived and killed the two bears, a necropsy of the larger bear was conducted at the scene, where it was learned that the stomach and digestive tract contained human remains and torn pieces of clothing. Four garbage bags containing human remains were removed and flown out by helicopter. The smaller, younger bear had been eaten by other bears before the team could return And only the head remained so no determination could be made as to whether this young bear played any part in the deaths or the consumption of the victims so what happened what caused the first fatal bear attack in katmai national park history it would be easy to say that treadwell often walked too close to the bears to photograph them causing his death however after examining the evidence it shows that this was not entirely the case but it was a contributing factor The attack and killings took place in camp during the night, and not during the day when Treadwell was normally out filming and interacting with bears. We know that bears sometimes came into Treadwell's camp at night during previous summer excursions. Some of these other encounters were recorded as well. For Treadwell, this was nothing unusual. After all, he camped on established bear trails, and had contact with the same bears every year, and felt that he knew each one personally. In each case, Treadwell would leave the tent as soon as he heard a bear nearby, and would calmly talk to them in his childlike voice, encouraging them to leave. Throughout the movie Grizzly Man, we see Treadwell in numerous close encounters. Because he was not attacked says more for the bears than to Treadwell's expertise in handling aggressive bears. He was probably just plain lucky for 13 years and became overconfident in his abilities. The fact that he was not killed earlier just goes to prove that grizzly bears really want nothing to do with humans, and would rather avoid us whenever possible. But they will tolerate us, to a point. Each year, when Treadwell set camp within Katmai National Park, he voluntarily became a member of the food chain. And by not placing an electric fence around his camp, by hiding his camp from park rangers in dense brush, as well as refusing to carry bear spray and by crawling and walking close up to large brown bears, he showed a total disregard for his life and the life of his girlfriend Amy. It is possible that this incident may have occurred no matter what precautions Treadwell and Amy might have taken. It could be as simple as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. The more time you spend with grizzly bears increases the chances that the bear will someday get you. And Treadwell understood this. The saddest tale, of course, is Amy Huguenard, the person in the saga that we know so little about. She rarely appears in the footage recorded by Treadwell. Amy may have found the adventure of traveling to Alaska romantic and exciting, and may have even found spending time with a quirky guy like Treadwell to be entertaining and a refreshing escape from her work and life in the city. She was reportedly fascinated with the bears, but scared and uneasy around them. Without a doubt, Treadwell holds some of the responsibility for Amy's death. But keep in mind, Amy was a smart girl. She was a physician's assistant after all. No small feat. Amy was no doubt in love with this oddball, but she wasn't stupid or weak. She could have left at any time. Treadwell did not handcuff or hold her hostage up in Alaska. Amy came and went of her own free will, twice each year for three summers. At the end of this, you may be wondering, Phil, do you like or dislike Timothy Treadwell? And I'm not even really sure, to be honest. This guy is very complex and yet stunningly simple at the same time. I find myself being very intrigued by what pushed this man into this type of lifestyle. There is even a small part of me that admires his willingness to completely let go and chase his dreams to go to the wilderness and forget the expectations of modern society. There is also another part of me that believes he was foolish, self-centered, and in many aspects similar to a con artist. I'm obviously sympathetic and sorry that he and Amy got mauled by a bear. No one should have to suffer such a fate. Yet they made those choices, and those are the risks that they willingly took. So to conclude... I'm not sure what to think of Timothy Treadwell, but I find myself repeatedly coming back to this story. There is something oddly alluring about Treadwell. He has a charm and innocence that I can't quite put my finger on. I watch documentaries about him, read articles, countless websites, and people's comments regarding the situation. And I still don't have a definitive view of him. Perhaps this is exactly what keeps me coming back. I do know that his story is unique, quirky, and unforgettable. I hope for better or worse, I have honored his life and memory. Because I believe it's a life certainly worth remembering. Guys, I hope that you have enjoyed this oddly informative episode of Phil Interrupted. I did a lot of research and wrote that long, long essay about Timothy Treadwell. I definitely recommend that you guys go watch the Grizzly Man movie you guys have any questions or concerns about Grizzly Man or any other podcast for Phil Interrupted, send me an email at philinterrupted at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. Guys, that's it. We just had a long show. We learned a lot of stuff. We're going to call it quits. Everybody be safe out there. Be safe in the wild. We're making moves here on Phil Interrupted, and we will catch you next time. Peace. Peace out. Gave all the bears and foxes names and anthropomorphized them. He gave all the bears and foxes names and anthropomorphized them. <laughs> he gave all the bear. Jesus Christ. <phone rings> Meanwhile, searchers excavating the bears. Meanwhile, searchers excavating. Excavate. Meanwhile, searchers excavating the bur bears. Meanwhile, searchers excavated the bears. How's the hair look?
0: (laughs) Here we go, this is gonna be the motherfucker.